And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future. Here comes Luca. Even losses feel like wins. Win you with your good friend Tim. It's 77 minutes in heaven. Hello, this is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that is giving itself a mid-season grade of A+. We're just that Very good. Bold. You know? Bold. <laughs> bold. We're doing 100%. Great. Yeah. We are. I'm Tim Cato. I write and talk about the Mavericks. Dave Dufour, he writes and talks about, well, the NBA, but also the Mavericks. More talking than writing. Austin Gruya, he writes and talks about the Mavericks, the Dallas Cowboys, Various NBA news, Kevin Various. Durant, lots of stuff for Dime Magazine, for other D Magazine, lots of magazines, dude. Just I'm just a magazine man. A magazine man. Bring back magazines. We Bring need back. to read the need golden the age magazine of magazines. To come back. Yeah, I love a good magazine. Yeah. I also love a midseason and a midseason check-in. And that's what we're doing today. We're going to go through five phases we've identified. Um... Yeah, it's not spoilers to say. We're going to do offense. We're going to do defense. We're going to do coaching. We're going to do rest of the season. And we're going to do the future. So we're starting with offense. We'll toss in grades at the end, but this isn't about grades. Okay? It's about us talking about each of these five things and how we feel about them. And you love, you know, like, what's better than hearing us talk about stuff? Austin, Probably not hearing us talk about stuff, but, you know. <laughs> If you're listening to this what, podcast, are you, just gonna, you, you probably want to hear from us. So, are you just going to listen to the silent void? Man, I really do enjoy. You got to have something. That to sounds nice. Quite a bit. I, yeah. I, we have, we have differing thoughts on the silent void. Off, Austin, talk to me about the offense. What has gone right? Because I think it's very clear. It's gone very right. Oh, I think uh, what's gone right is that that Luka Doncic guy. I think he's uh, I think he's been pretty good this year. Pretty decent. As long as they have Luka Doncic, they're going to be a great offense. They've been, for the majority of the season, a top 10 offense. Like, they're number six now. They are an elite half-court offense, which is the most important thing come playoff time, is that they generate good shots in the half-court pretty much as long as Luka's on the floor. Um, their shot-making has come along, so I think now the offense is just a much more watchable product. I think early in the season when they just couldn't hit anything, it became... Uh, very, very unpleasant to watch them play basketball. But their shot making has, has kind of normalized. They're still kind of who they've always been in the Luka era, especially I think they're more of the 2021 Mavericks than the 2022 Mavericks. Um, but they're pretty dependent on their shot making, pretty dependent on their three-point shooters. The, individually, they're dependent on Tim Hardaway Jr. hitting threes. But outside of that, Luka creates good shots. I think the offense isn't a huge worry as far as where this team can go for the rest of the season. So the yeah. stats on the offense is that cleaning the glass has them fifth. 
over the past two weeks, they've been sixth. They would be the best offense in the league, and it wouldn't even be close if Luka played 48 minutes every single game. They're scoring 121 points per 100 possessions, which is two points better than Denver, who has the best offense um, when Luka is on the court. Now, they Spencer Dinwiddie has not replicated Jalen Brunson's role. Uh, I actually wrote a little bit about him today in a, in a midseason check-in grades about individuals. And, you know, it's not really, I don't really fault him for that because he's better as a complimentary player, but he hasn't, you know, he mimics a lot of what, a lot of the stylistic choices that Luca does on offense, you know, like he will run pick and rolls until you switch and then he'll ISO. He'll even take step backs just like Luca does, but he doesn't have the ability to replicate what Luca does because nobody can replicate what Luca does. And so the offense has definitely suffered, obviously, in the games that Luca has missed, but also anytime Luca's not on the court. But they're sent, you know, this is a sensational offensive team. They're their best half court offense in the league. Um, very curious once Josh Green gets back and if Jaden Hardy keeps getting minutes, if they can bump their transition opportunities up a little bit. Because Jaden Hardy's ability to run really stands out to me in a way that they can start getting a few more easy points and buckets. And that might help, especially when Luca's off the court. Um, and it might help as we go to defense here in a second. It might help them play slightly more defensive lineups if they're getting easier points um, and not having to rely on, on the offensive players. But certainly over the past few weeks, they've had really no choice. And look, Luka, Luka Doncic and Christian Wood is a elite, elite pick and roll pairing, um, you know, probably the best in the league. I think it's, it's, you know, like there's just not a lot of bigs who have the offensive dynamism and range and versatility on that end that Christian Wood does. And when you pair that with Luca, yeah. How are you going to stop that? I've got some numbers for you guys at the halfway mark. Luca is the scoring leader because I care about total points because it also equates with minutes and games played and not enough guys play, so I don't care about the averages anymore. Um, and he's up like 90 points on, on Jason Tatum in one fewer game. He's got the most field goals made. He's second most in free throw attempts. He's 16th in made threes. And this guy, is he's really having a productive season, and his shooting numbers are pretty good, like 74% from three, 35.5%, uh, excuse me, 74% from the free throw line, 35.5% from three, which given the degree of difficulty of his shot, pretty incredible because he wastes about three attempts a game on just a step back that he shouldn't be taking. Um, safe to say that this is not just, you know, one of the better offensive seasons that we've seen uh, from a guy under 25 in particular. This is an MVP candidate like performance. Um, you know, I think he kind of gets overlooked a little bit. Um for the Tatums because of the defense, let's let's be honest, Tatum's defense raises him a level and Giannis and Jokic, but Luca's right there and they're winning games now. I mean, they're in the top four in the West as much as we've, you know, cried wolf about how this team is just stinks. Well, they're winning games, so they're not that bad. Everyone stinks and they're better than than stinky. So uh yeah, I mean, Luca's Luca is the offense and the offense is good. The defense has not been good. No, it's, no, it is. It is. It has not been good at all. In fact, the Mavericks are cleaning the glass. Has them at a more respectable number 
for the season overall than uh, than the NBA does. They have them 20th, but still 20th. Uh, the NBA, I believe, has them ranked 23rd. Since December 1st, they've been 26th. So they have been horrendous. December 1st is around when their best defensive players started going out. Obviously, the Mavericks are not going to improve on the defensive end until they get some combination of Josh Green, Dorian Finney-Smith, and hopefully at some point this season, Maxi Kleba back. But it's still a mark, like a quite a significant decline, even from where they were last season, um, you know, when they were a borderline top 10 unit. Do you see any chance of that being replicated, you know, in the second half of the season? I I don't think so. I think they can get into a top half. Like I think they can maybe be 12th, 13th if they have all of their guys. I just don't think they have the personnel to execute the scheme they had last year. Last year they played Reggie, Dorian, and Maxi 30 plus minutes a game. And those guys were executing the scheme. And then also Brunson, even though he's not maybe a plus defender, he was great at being in the right spots and making the right rotations. I think he was a little bit better than Spencer in that in that respect. He and, was, yeah. And then even though Luca's better defensively this year, I think what Christian Wood just still hasn't come far enough for them to have an elite defense. I think he's more respectable than he was in the beginning of the season, but they just have too many variables that they'll have to overcome to have an elite defense. I think that's a good point about Christian Wood because he has actually come a, a long ways in in his recognition. I mean, you can see he knows like when he messes up, he knows a little bit faster and that is a sign of progress. And it is a different scheme. I mean, this is not, you know, whatever Jason Kidd is doing on defense, it's always going to be a little bit different than everybody else. And what they do in Dallas is no different. And so, but I think he's had some good, some, some nice playmaking, like defensive playmaking performances, like the block shots, obviously, but he needs to be just more consistent night to night. It's it. This is like Brooke Lopez. And I think Brooke Lopez is elite, but Brooke Lopez's true value is that every single night, the baseline is high. And if you just get the baseline to average, that's a big deal. I mean, Rudy Gobert has won how many Defensive Player of the Year awards on just having a, I mean, it's a very, very high floor. The ceiling is also pretty low, but that high floor really matters. So if he could just find a way to night to night be average. Doesn't matter if your defensive ceiling isn't all that high, as long as you're just doing more than treading water. Which you know, as of right now, I'd say he is treading water better than he was. But the defense is going to struggle until he can get it up to you know that just minimal. Just he's got to be like the fifteenth best big man in the league on the defensive end. And if he can do that, they'll be better. I think the path to improvement isn't just these injured players coming back, but it's the team not needing to rely on players like Tim Hardaway, you know, having the ability some nights to play him 20 minutes if it's just not working. And that's the tricky part about this is that right now, as you said, Austin, you know, like they need Tim Hardaway out there. They need him out there 30 minutes most nights. And I think that has had a trickle down effect. I think, you know, the same reliance on Dinwiddie um, rather than Jalen Brunson has had a trickle down effect on the defense. And yeah, they still don't have a shot blocker. They, they didn't last season. What's funny is JaVale McGee is actually, he's done everything. He has done what they signed him to do when he's on the court. He finishes everything, you know, almost everything at the rim. He shoots a lot of shots at the rim. He blocks a lot of shots. It's just like, he messes up like once per minute. 
to the point that what he's actually doing well is basically ruled out and these minutes are just not effective. He's been a little bit better of late, but it, it still seems far-fetched that he's going to become a, a meaningful part, part of the rotation. Um, so I guess the question is, like, you know, can they sustain the offense and also play some defensive lineups, um, you know, more defensively inclined lineups? Can they can they find a balance between those two? And it's it's tricky, you know, it's it's not something that seems um, certain to happen um, or even likely to happen. Um, but, you know, what what? So we didn't assign grades for the offense. I think A is all around. Uh, what would you guys grade the defense thus far, given the injuries, given the implementation of, of Christian Wood? I, I think that, you know, Maxi missing all this time is really holding them back because it's just too much of the other guys. I mean, you know, JaVale playing at all, basically, is just a bad sign for your team. So it, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to wimp out and give him an incomplete, though this is clearly an incomplete team as of right now. I'm going to give them a D because they should be better than this. They should just be average. They've got good athletes. They're big. They're long. And this, and we know this scheme works. So I'm going to give them a D. They should be better even with the personnel they have. But I do think that they're going to be better once Maxi comes back and gets fully integrated. And especially with this version of Christian Wood, who has been playing better basketball, kind of understands a little bit more what's going on. And, and those guys might, they might be able to spend, spend some time out there together. And maybe that helps with some of Wood's deficiencies a little bit more. We really haven't seen it where everyone looks comfortable. And I'm I'm curious to see how it looks when, when Maxi comes back. Uh, I'll yep. say a C for that same. Well, I'll say a C because, I, again, we don't, we're not guaranteed or, or we don't know with certainty that Maxi even comes back this season. Although sure. I think the signs are pointing more optimistically than they were before. It was good to actually see him out on the, on the basketball court uh, during a practice recently. Um, you know, and, and moving, you know, he's not, he's not in a cast. He's not, you know, rolling around on a, on a, on a little stretcher or something. Um, I'm curious to see what they look like when they get at least a couple of the de- defensive players back and Christian Wood is, is much more integrated. Um, I still don't have high hopes, but I'll give him a C for that reason. I'm going to give him a C minus. They did manage to have a top 10 defense for the first six weeks of the season, even with all the variables and different players. So I think they can reach that level, um, but they're going to need to all get, get all their guys back. And they've been really bad lately. They've been, <laughs> they've just been trying to win games by outscoring teams. And it's honestly, it's easy to forget. They were not just like a good defensive team last year. They had some extremely elite defensive runs last year where they were winning games 98 to 96 consistently. They had a, they set a really high bar on the defensive end last year. So I, I know how good they can be if they have everything in place. And that's why I think. They should have a C minus because they just haven't reached that at all. How do you guys feel about the coaching this season? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, 
architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, a lot of silence. I, you know what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's, I think been, it's that... been good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, did, I think I it's been, think it's been, been good. That That's it. I think it's been good. Because I, I agree on Christian Wood. And he's gotten better. We're seeing improvement. Giving him a B. This is good coaching. I, I know point, I skipped straight to the grades. Point, I don't can care. Can we agree? That's fine. At this point, can we agree that the Christian Wood thing was weird here and there? It was but weird. Largely but it was, was the right, right decision. Yes. Yeah, but, but largely was the right decision yeah. to bring him off the bench and implement him. And now he's starting and he's not gonna he's not gonna go back to the bench at any point this season. And he looks better and more integrated on both sides of the ball than he did when he was coming off the bench because he needed some time to be able to do that. And it all would have looked totally fine if ja- JaVale McGee had just been average. Just normal. If he could just have just been average. Just if he would have, and I mean average for JaVale McGee, which right now yeah. he is not. If he had just been that, if he, it would have it would have worked out totally fine. But yeah, I, I give him a B for that. I, I think that it's been good. I mean, you know, I would love to find a you know, see them find a way to to work around, you know, what they're trying to do defensively that's not working, you know, work around some some of the deficiencies there. But, you know, it's personnel based. At a certain point, you just gotta execute your scheme and hope it works. And we've seen it work. So uh yeah, I'm giving him a B. I, I think that's it's been good. I'll say B minus. There's certainly some things that could be better, like end of game plays. Yeah, that's that's been a uh, that's been a trend. Is I mean, that, he, he uh, needs or some, is that Luca? I think there's some well, of that, but also he needs some. It's Luca, he needs but to, like it's coaching good is the only thing that can fix it. I, I'd like <laughs> to know point, who his gotta, end of game guy is. Who's the end of game coach there? And there was there was one play, you know, one missed shot that Luca had to take from 35 feet. I know he's done that like four times. I forget which game it was, but there's one where Luca was pointing out they know the play. Right, we gotta. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think there's been a few issues there. Their out of timeout stuff is actually really good now. Um, it started the season a little rough, uh, but but they've bounced back on that end. Um, also, I watched. You know. Look, I watched that game against OKC because I wanted to see how they played without Luca. Like, I, I think that that's super important, right? They were running some pretty decent 
actions on offense. Um, you know, they were getting looks. It's just, you know, some of them don't, didn't fall. And, and then, you know, you've got lesser players out there making plays. But I'd actually, I'd love to see what it looked like when they ran some of this stuff with Luca out there. I think the only case you can make for something less than a B, and we'll see what. Also, well, Austin, what's yours? Well, you said B minus. That's less than a B. I said B minus. Well, like a B range. What's yours, Austin? I'm going to say B, and I'm basing this not just on the, like, his in-game coaching. The individual player development on this team has been pretty incredible. There, You can't say any guy has come here and gotten worse. And if anything, Luka is a much better basketball player this year. They've really diversified how he's played, where he's getting shots from. He is an incredible two-point scorer now. He doesn't have to rely on shooting eight threes a game anymore. He gets much easier baskets than he did, I think, last year. And Josh Green has been a revelation. That's that's part of coaching is improving guys and bringing guys along. And in two years under kid, he's now an integral part of the team. Um, even Spencer has has been good. Not the player he was last year or the beginning of the year when he was in Washington. He's been they found a really good rotation for a really good spot for him. The only guy who's come here and been bad is Javale. But <laughs> fine, I'll bump mine up to a B. You guys have convinced me. Poor what I was going to say is that the only case or something less than a B is if you really start thinking about where the head coach might have influence in roster decisions that were made. Uh, both that and, you know, <laughs> uh, and Goron deciding Goron did not have a role on this team. Uh, you know, yeah. that, 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 well, but see, like that. we're going to talk front office and that's front office. I, you can, the coach's job is not to do that. You, if you're the front office and you let the coach influence it, whose fault is that? We weren't going to talk front office, but you guys. Well, maybe we should. Real quick. Maybe we should. Okay. If, say, you, say if your you piece make about the front office, if your front office makes bad decisions because your coach is asking for a guy, well, we'll, who we'll get up? to the, the front we'll, we'll office. To, we'll get to the front office when we talk about the future. Let's. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's. How are How are you feeling about the rest of the season? Forty one games have been played. The Mavericks are sitting with the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Um, I think. I expect them to finish top four at this point. Yeah, I think I that think so. yeah. should be the expectation and it should be, you know, the aim. And I don't see any reason why they shouldn't unless, you know, injuries hit in a, in a way that really sends them into a bad stretch. Yeah, I mean, the I think... If you look, if you just look around, like, I, I don't think the Kings have staying power. So like, I'm not worried about them coming up. Uh, it's more like the Warriors and the Clippers and the Suns. Like those teams could get hot as they get healthy, um, but I don't know. I think the Mavericks, it, when you when you consider the division that they play in and, and that they seem to do pretty well against division opponents, I, I think that they could stay into that four spot. They're trending up, which is the best part, right? Like the mid season point. Um, I I still think that they need to make a move, but that's about the future. So we'll get there in a minute. Yeah, we saw, I think, in the loss of the Celtics that this team is not upper, you know, it's not the top tiers. It's not an upper echelon team. And I will say, I, I've been saying throughout the season, even coming into the season, that this team would not repeat the conference finals run. I still think that's the likely outcome, that they do not get back to the conference finals. But I think the combination of seeing that they do still have a fairly high ceiling. Now, there's a lot of three-point variance that goes into that. But they could just shoot really well for two series. And the Western Conference has a lot more parity and is not, it's much more toothless than I think we thought it could be coming into the season. So I'm not going to totally roll that out, even though I think this team is worse than last season. And so I'll say 
I'll, I'll say I'm feeling a, a, a B plus, maybe even an A minus on the rest of the year, just, just kind of relative to the expectations I had for the season. I think the season is going to work out fine. Yeah, I think it's I think the rest of the season is gonna I think I, they're gonna get the three seed. They the only teams that are above them are Memphis, New Orleans, and the Nuggets. And New Orleans keeps having all these injuries, and I don't think they're gonna be able to sustain the win rate they're at with all these injuries. And then if they're the three seed, I mean they can get into the second round. If you get in the second round and you play Memphis, that's a team they've played really well. I think the team that can knock them out in the first round is if they Gone to like a three six matchup with the Warriors, and then they can be out in the first round. I think the Warriors are one team that they really can't beat in a playoff series. But as far as the rest of the Western Conference goes, I don't think there's another team that I I don't think they're capable of beating in a playoff series, which is pretty favorable. That's that's pretty that's what you want when you go into this a season that you think you have a shot against almost any team in your conference. So I'd probably give the season probably an A minus, depending just compared on where we thought the season would go when, when the season began. A minus, A minus. What do you got, Dave? I'll give I'll give it a B uh, the rest of the way okay. because I mean I yeah. think it, it could be they're somewhere between four and six, right? But they're a playoff team. Um, you know, it's just the West is just again it it stinks. <laughs> I don't like none of these teams are re- Memphis and Memphis is good. Um, Denver, I think Denver might be the best team in the West because they just can't they, like their guys still aren't right. It's just that they have Jokic. The Pelicans can't stay healthy. The Warriors, you know, they've got some problems. The, the Suns, healthy Pelicans do healthy seem Pelicans are top really three scary. to me, right? Yeah. And, but but everybody else kind of stinks. I mean, the Clippers, good grief! You ever have you watched them play basketball? Ooh, it's a have tough they watch. Six straight? Man, they, we're gonna watch they them on stink. Tuesday. They stink. So I I think this team is clearly a a, a playoff team, but. They're they're somewhere in four to six. Maybe they could make three. They're gonna they're gonna need some help and maybe some injury luck and maybe a move or two. They're not gonna make a move. Yeah, I, I'll I'll say this. Uh, last season, I was extremely confident that the Mavericks were gonna beat whoever they played in the first round, especially once we got to March and April and the potential seeding scenarios became more clear. Whoever they faced in the first round, I was very confident that they were going to beat. Even when Luca got injured, I felt, you know, some level of confidence that they would, that as long as he came back, which he did, that they would beat the Jazz. Uh, I don't feel that same confidence about the first round, but I am, you know, I still think this is a good team when they're clicking and it's good to win games. It's good to win playoff series. Now, the future is the big question. And, you know, Making moves like JaVale and, you know, just generally, you know, like I think there's been some things that have been positive and I, I think that they are going, they, I would be really surprised if they trade a, a future first round pick because they understand there has to be a move coming. But I, I still don't think this team is, is, you know, set up in an obvious way to make the next move to get to the tier of title contention that they want to be. And, I, I don't I, I I think they're set up in a way that they are going to be able to make a move in the next summer or two. But it's not an obvious move and it's not an obvious setup um, where it feels like it's guaranteed to work just based off the type of players I think they're going to have to be looking into and, and trying to acquire. Yeah, it, 
We need Luca to be best friends with some guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, you know, some some other players have to go, ooh, you know, I could go play there and probably do really well. Like Bradley Beal, for instance. We have to say, hey, I, I really want to play in Dallas. Um, that's kind of the position that they're in. And then then they would have to work to find a trade, but they just don't have, you know, I mean, what's the pick situation? I know that they owe the they owe the net. They owe this 2023 first round. It's lottery protected. Lottery once, protected or the 2024. And yeah. yeah. But once they, they, they yeah. give them a protection on that, they have all their picks. So, yeah. So, I mean, you don't have a ton of flexibility right now. You don't necessarily have anybody on the roster that's super sexy. Unless you wanted to trade Christian Wood and, and start thinking ahead. But I, I just don't think anybody wants to do that. And I think that's the big question. It's it's both with, Chris, with Christian Wood is is a big question. I I still think you have to consider trading Tim Hardaway Jr. So I wrote this in in the article I published Monday. Are the Mavericks in a situation where they need to accept that they're a team that needs Tim Hardaway Jr. or should they aspire to aspire to be a team that doesn't need him? Because obviously, I think to reach that title contention tier. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is one of the tor- one of the players that they're going to want to upgrade from, and that's a really tricky question to try to figure out whether it's something that you would address midseason, or maybe you feel you can just wait, or you know, would Tim Hardaway Jr. you know, like just by the stats and the threes that he makes, it's hard to see. You know, like a lot of the success of this team does hinge on him. Um, it, you know, in a, in a weird way, and and I think that's that's still a a question I'm wrestling with. I'm I'm leaning much more towards keep Tim Hardaway Jr. and um probably keep Christian Wood. Although that one that one needs a lot more information that they're going to have specific access to and and ideas about um you know what he would be looking for this summer. Um, because I think I think the likeliest I think out of the three scenarios, which is resign him this summer. Resign him to an extension in season and trade him. I feel like the in season extension is probably the least likely of those three. Um, but there's still time left. Yeah, I think Nico's gonna have to earn his paycheck when it comes to this project. It's it's not there's not an, an easy path here. There's nothing that's linear about this team building project, and then you lost your second best player in free agency, so you're playing with basically one hand time behind your back. Um it's it's gonna be difficult. Tim Hardaway has been Pretty good since the since he's become a starter. He's nine threes a game at forty percent. That's pretty rare. You, know, you don't just get that anywhere in the NBA. So if you're trading him, you've got to get someone who's pretty productive and hopefully a two way player. But that's also another hard piece to acquire. I think the only um, the only trade I see for Christian Wood that would make sense for now and in the future is if they somehow were able to flip Christian Wood for Miles Turner before the deadline. If they just both we won't come to an extension, but I don't think that's going to happen because the, the Pacers are good. And they, Miles Turner's too good. He's too good. Yeah, he became too Miles good. Miles Turner's an all-star. Oh, oh, wow. I mean, he's he's an all-star. Like, he's an all-star level guy this year. I mean, he's been fantastic. Yeah. And, and I mean, if, if the Pacers are smart, they're not going to get rid of that guy because they actually have a squad over there. And yeah. that's how that stuff works. I mean, getting Miles Turner would have been nice two years ago. And, and this isn't Nico Harrison's fault, right? Like, I mean, he just, he's, this is the hand he was dealt. Yeah, it's he's tough. Gonna have, it's, a, it's gonna be a tough job, man. It's I, I'm tough. curious he, to see he, how creative he gets. 
he honestly, his best bet is that Jaden Hardy has some sort of like rocket launch leap in him and he becomes like a boy. He needs to be Jordan Poole, right? Like, he, yeah, he, needs he becomes to be a guy Jordan Poole, just, like yeah. Anthony Simons. He becomes like a legitimate high, high end starter because they need something that's an outlier to happen for them to really have a, a path to contention. Yeah, I'll say B minus for the future because I, I think the path exists for the Mavericks to become a title contender with Luka in the next two seasons. I just think it's very unclear what those paths are, even once you go down them. You have to choose the right one, and it won't be guaranteed, you know, even once you make the deal for whatever player you make the deal for. I don't think there's guaranteed success at the end of that path, um, or you won't be able to see whether there's success at the end of that path for a while. And, and you know, so yeah, Nico, uh, it's, it's time for him to make his money. You guys are right. You guys are spot on. Um, but I do think there's paths in a way that I think even a year ago, um, they, they looked a little less likely. Certainly the summer when Brunson left for nothing, they looked less likely. And I'm starting to see the paths for the Mavericks to be title contenders again, showing up a little bit. Um, we'll just have to see if they pick the right one. I hope that the West stinks. <laughs> And, and you've got, you know, one of the five best players in the world. That that's that's a that's gives you a chance. In any you could argue that series. gives you an A just by right. your future. Of your future is an A because you have Luka Doncic for yeah. now. Yeah. Cool. I think that does it. That is that is the midseason wrap up. That is what has happened through the first forty one games, and we probably we probably won't do one after eighty two. Because uh, I think we all expect this team to be locked into a first-round series at that point. Um, if they aren't, we may have some things to discuss. But uh, I think we're all feeling fairly optimistic. Vibes, vibes are okay right now. Yeah. Okay and trimming bad. up. Cool. We will have another episode this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you then. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball, and he rebounds well. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 